Love it. And how did you first discover blockchain yourself? I bought Bitcoin back in 2013. The price was $125. And this is one of the opening chapters of the book where I had to go to my bank and wire the money to Belarus. I have no idea where Belarus is in the world. And it was quite a leap of faith to wire the money somewhere sight unseen. That's how you had to buy Bitcoin back in those days. It was $125 today or $10,000, $10,000 per Bitcoin. And, you know, few of us will ever see an investment that appreciates by that much in that short of a time, again, in our lifetime. But some people believe it's still destined to go even higher. Tim Draper, one of the giants in this industry, think it's going to go to $250,000 by 2022. So what we want to do is help people understand how to invest in Bitcoin in this new asset class, digital assets, which some people call cryptocurrencies, in a way that's safe. So a lot of what we do is investing folks about how to think about these digital assets as part of an overall investing portfolio. Today, it's much easier to buy Bitcoin through services like Coinbase, for example, and it's much easier to get good information about how to invest in these in a, in a smart and strategic way. Love it. What are your tips when people come to you asking how they should first get started? Well, the basic thing is to say, look, you, <laughs> you should buy a little bit of Bitcoin, right? Even if it's only like $100, because what that does is it gets you some skin in the game and, and you start thinking about this whole new asset class. And, you know, that's how most of us got involved was we bought a little bit of these cryptocurrencies, these digital assets. And then before long, we couldn't stop thinking about it. One of our analysts, Kevin Kelly, bought his origin story was he, he bought a number of cryptocurrencies and then he took a cross-country road trip with his girlfriend. And he said, when I got back, my girlfriend said to me, please don't ever bring up Bitcoin again. Like she was so <laughs> sick of hearing about it. And, you know, that's what happens is you start getting so interested in this and it's so intellectually fascinating. You start questioning like what, what gives money value in the first place. And as we say, you fall down the rabbit hole. So that's the best way is just buy a little bit of Bitcoin. And then from there, you'll start learning and you can start expanding your portfolio and using it to build wealth. Love it. Great advice. And that's exactly what I say as well. So what is it about blockchain that you think makes it so fascinating and powerful? Well, we are creating the internet of money, the internet of money. So think about how the internet democratized information. And, you know, when you used to want to look up something, you'd have to go to the library and look it up in a book. And now we have the sum total of human knowledge in our pockets in a phone, like that is insane. <laughs> That's insane. So when we look back at the great revolutions throughout history, like this time that we're living in right now is going to be one of those just really critical periods in human history with the explosion of the internet. So what's coming now is this next wave, the internet of money. And that's what blockchain technology is all about. So if we think about money very broadly, not just cash, but we think about money as anything of value being like stocks or commodities or like frequent flyer miles or Starbucks reward points, all those things are going to be shared on the blockchain. All those things are going to be open sourced. All those things are going to be put into a way that we can all freely share them, just like the internet allows us to freely share information. And that is huge. That is a one 
world global system of money. One world, one planet, one money. A global currency for a global economy. And that's going to open up trade. It's going to provide access for the unbanked. And it's going to unlock this new era of prosperity and wealth. That is the biggest thing that we can be part of in this generation. It's the most exciting time to be alive. I really believe that because this is the biggest possible thing we can be part of. When people, when you explain that to people and then they say, well, there's all these different cryptocurrencies, where do I start? What do you say to that? Well, Bitcoin is the easiest on-ramp. It's the easiest one to get started. But Coinbase.com, I'm not getting paid by Coinbase, by the way. I just think they have the best user interface. They make it easiest to get started. The Coinbase wallet also has a native cryptocurrency called DAI, D-A-I, which is a stable coin. That means it's pegged to the U.S. dollar. That means its value roughly mirrors the U.S. dollars as opposed to Bitcoin, which can be volatile. The price goes up and down. So getting the Coinbase wallet, investing in a little bit of the digital assets that are available there, I think that's the easiest on-ramp for most people to get started. And then, of course, once you own these things, you can transfer them to other wallets. You can use them to buy things. You can trade them for different types of cryptocurrencies and so forth. And as you said, once you have skin in the game, it gives you an incentive to figure out what this is, what this means as it relates. It's just like owning a stock. So true story, my son, when he was like 13, he got some money for uh, for Christmas and he bought stock with it. He bought Tesla stock. And since then, he's become the world's biggest Tesla advocate. He's a huge Tesla fanboy and he follows all the news and everything that Elon Musk is doing. And it's because he's got skin in the game. Like he's an owner of Tesla. Literally, he owns a little piece of the company. And that's the same way when you start investing in Bitcoin, these digital assets, you become an owner and suddenly it changes everything. It's no longer an intellectual exercise. It's something that you now are part of. Love it. So tell me more about this book. I heard that you wrote it twice. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah. So the first draft of the book was intended to be a a user-friendly guide to blockchain. Because I read all the other blockchain books out there. I felt like they were kind of boring. I fell asleep after the first three chapters. And I was like, we got to write something that's really interesting and unique and just explains it like your podcast and kind of one-on-one language for everyday folks. So that was the idea behind blockchain for everyone. So I wrote this book and writing a book is a tremendous undertaking, hundreds and hundreds of hours and gave it to my editor, who's the great Jeremy Ruby Strauss at Simon & Schuster. I've worked with him on three books. He's brilliant. He's had all these New York Times bestsellers. And he goes, well, John, uh," and this is how he talks. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, the first part is pretty good. The second part needs some work. The third part you should probably uh, completely rewrite. And the fourth part, just get rid of it altogether. Then I'm like, okay, <laughs> not exactly what I wanted to hear, but I went back and reread it. And I'm like, he's right. He's right. Because I tried to do what everyone else has tried to do, which is talk about blockchain very theoretically. And it's hard to keep people's interest. So I came back and I said, I got to tell a story. I have to write a story that will keep people's interest and weave blockchain into it. So I told a new story and the story was my personal story. And it's a story of reinvention. So 
I reinvented myself at the age of 50. I reinvented myself as this kind of blockchain expert. I reinvented my company. We had a marketing agency, which we completely pivoted into blockchain, became a blockchain media company. And the reinvention, the story of us of completely overhauling or rebooting ourselves was had so many ups and downs and twists and turns. And I said, you know, today, everybody is called upon to reinvent themselves. Like, Technology moves so fast that we all have many careers. Like you, right? You had a, a business which uh, was acquired, and then you started Melrose PR, and then you got involved with blockchain, right? Like you've been exactly, on this reinvention yeah. journey as well. And this is all of our journey. And the reinvention of myself and of our company mirrors the reinvention that's happening with the entire global financial system with this blockchain technology. So I rewrote the book as this story. And it's so good that when Jeremy read it the second time, he goes, now we've got a page turner. <laughs> because I read it in one sitting, nine hours. <laughs> he says, I never do that with any book. So that's the feedback we've gotten from all of our test readers is like, wow, you can't put this thing down. And you don't need to even be interested in blockchain. It's just a great story. But along the way, you do start to learn about this fascinating technology and where it's, where it's leading us. That is amazing. Congratulations. That's incredible right. coming from a book editor. <laughs> I was like, I um, will feed off of that compliment for the next six months, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> So why did you think that this book would be such a moneymaker? So I got a funny little story about this. When I was writing the, uh, when I was writing the book, do you believe in signs, Kelly? Do you believe in signs? Well, like astrological? Signs from above. No, just like, yeah, oh, you know, absolutely. signs from above. Oh, yes. Signs from the universe? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Signs from the universe. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And so as I'm writing this book, the weirdest thing happened. I started finding money. Everywhere I went, I would find money. And I'm not talking about like a penny. Like I won't, I don't care about a penny, but a dime. I might stop for a dime. And then quarters, <laughs> like I was finding quarters. And then I started finding dollars. I found dollar bills just lying around. And this happened so frequently while I was writing the second draft of the book that I was like, this is crazy. I'm going to make a little shrine. So I made a little shrine. I had still have it. I should take a picture of it. And I don't know, it was like $5 worth of change on my little shrine. But I was like, well, this is this must be a good sign, right? Like it can't be a bad sign that I'm finding money as I'm writing this book about making money. It can't be bad. So uh, I just thought it was, it was very funny and interesting. And, and it is really in keeping with the theme of the book that like we are generating our own wealth. And that is what blockchain is allowing us to do. We're literally creating new financial systems out of thin air. I just got into the musical Hamilton. I know I'm only five years behind the times, but I'm going to see it in Providence in a couple of weeks. I started listening to it and I'm like, you know, Hamilton, our, our first treasury secretary, he wrote new financial systems into existence. And that is exactly what we're doing with blockchain. It's very much like the early days of the United States. And that is what is so exciting and threatening to our current lawmakers as well, is that we really are writing new financial systems into existence, like pennies from heaven. Love that. And I'm all about, you know, signs from the universe and manifesting things in your life. So love that. You wanted to include Bitcoin with this book. Why was that difficult? So I had this great idea. I said, Jeremy, what if with every purchase of the book, we have a little bit of Bitcoin? And Jeremy goes, 
Well, you know, this is how he talks. He goes, you know, the last time I heard an original idea in the book publishing industry was never. And that is an original idea. I was like, how great would this be? So let's say you include like, you know, $10 worth of Bitcoin. And then let's say the price of Bitcoin shoots up, it doubles, triples. Now the price of Bitcoin would be worth more than the price of the book. I'm like, you wouldn't be able to keep it on the shelves. You would have to hire security guards to guard the stock of books, to guard the piles of blockchain for everyone outside the Barnes and Noble. And I'm getting all excited about it. And then we start talking with booksellers and they're like, yeah, but here's the problem. Books are physical assets and the blockchain is an immutable digital ledger. They didn't say it like that, but I'll put that in plain English. What they mean is a book can be returned and Bitcoin cannot be returned. Once somebody gets Bitcoin, it's their Bitcoin, right? That's what we mean by immutable. Good point. Yep. So the problem was, like, what's to stop people from buying the book, redeeming the Bitcoin, and then returning the book and doing that like 100,000 times? So I approached Coinbase in, uh, at the end of 2018. I met him at this uh, conference, this blockchain conference where I was speaking. And I said, hey, we got to figure out a problem and a solution. Like, this is an opportunity. Blockchain for everyone. I want to get blockchain. I want to get crypto. I want to get digital assets into the hands of as many people as possible. Help me. Help me figure this out. And so we did this deal with Maker, which makes this cryptocurrency called DAI that I mentioned before, DAI. It's a stable coin that's native to the Coinbase platform. And the way it's working is we figured out a way to enable, uh, include a QR code with the book. And when the QR code is redeemed, you open a Coinbase wallet and that wallet is preloaded with $25 worth of DAI, right? So the book retails for about $25 and you're getting $25 worth of DAI. So in essence, the book is free. And this is a big deal because it has never been done before in the publishing industry. This is absolutely groundbreaking. And we think it's just gonna, it's gonna make sales soar. I mean, it makes so much sense. And it really is in keeping with our mission of getting as many people on board, getting as many people owning these digital assets as possible, blockchain for everyone. Love that. So how are you preventing people from, you know, buying the book, redeeming the QR code and then returning the book? Well, you got to buy it through our special form, which will be available to your listeners. That's going to be at blockchainforeveryone.com. So if you buy through Amazon, for example, that will not be eligible. But if you buy it through this form, we will give it to you. And those are simply non-returnable. So when you buy the book, you buy the book, right? And uh, you're then going to also get the code as part of that, which will be inserted into the book as a bookmark, and then you'll be able to scan it. Or if you come see me at one of the in-person events, you can also take advantage of it there. And we had an early pre-release book signing where we offered this and people waited in line for like an hour and a half to redeem their die. And it was just so exciting to see like it it working. Like I was thrilled to be like, we really are getting this huge line of people all with digital assets, all with digital wallets, all with money preloaded into it. We're getting people on the blockchain. This is really exciting. That's so fun. Congratulations for figuring that out. That's awesome. I can't wait to tell everybody about this. And we'll include links to all of this as well in the show notes. Is the DAI promo only available for those who don't have existing Coinbase wallets set up? You can set up a new Coinbase wallet and then transfer it to your existing Coinbase wallet. Got it. So 
yeah, so it's fine if you already have a, an account. But it's aimed really towards getting those who haven't yet, you know, onboarded to onboard, which is such a well, great Well, not necessarily. Mission. I mean, we want to make it available to everybody and we want to, you know, include a cool giveaway with it. So, it, you know, whether you're a digital asset native, you already own Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies or whether you're brand new to it, we want to make it accessible to everybody. Love it. So there's a couple of things in the book that I want you to talk about, like the scene where you're in the Fed undoing the Fed. Can you tell me about that? (laughs) So there's a great scene where we're in Boston's Federal Reserve building. So the Federal Reserve is this very complicated institution, and it has uh, 12 banks. It's it's like our central banking system. There are 12 physical buildings. One of them's in Boston, where we're located. And I was at a blockchain event at the Federal Reserve. And after the event, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the, the lunchroom, the commissary of the Federal Reserve, literally in the belly of the beast. And we are talking with a potential client for our media company, Media Shower. And they are launching a new digital asset, a new cryptocurrency that's backed by gold. That's backed by gold. So the U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. If you know your financial history, the U.S. dollar, once for every dollar that was printed, you had a dollar's worth of gold sitting in a vault somewhere. And then Nixon took us off the gold reserve. So now the dollar is supported by nothing more than, than our collective belief or faith that the dollar has value. And here is a blockchain entrepreneur we're talking with on the phone while I'm in the basement of the Federal Reserve who is now launching a new cryptocurrency that's once again backed by actual gold. And the irony of this was so thick that you could spread it on toast because we're in the basement of the Federal Reserve doing a deal that's going to undo the Federal Reserve. We're in the commissary, the lunchroom of the Federal Reserve, where I am literally surrounded by millions of dollars of U.S. currency that are backed by nothing except for our collective belief. And I'm doing a deal (laughs) with a guy who's launching a new digital currency that's actually backed by gold. And to me, it was the perfect symbol of why this new system of money is going to displace our existing system of money. This is a very different narrative than most people tell nowadays. Most people say, well, Bitcoin is not backed by anything, has no value. Well, neither is the dollar. The dollar has no value except for our belief that it has value. And that, at the end of the day, is what you need is belief that these systems have value. That is what this book is about, is building the belief that these systems have value. But some of them now come with actual physical assets backing them up. And that is the radical shift that is happening right now. It's all around us. Yeah, love it. Love it. And then also tell us about the scene where you're pitching the Polish energy drink company. So so many characters in this space, like you meet so many just different types of people. So I go from the basement of the Federal Reserve to pitching a energy drink company in Poland. It's like Red Bull, but it's Polish. And this is a legitimate company, a very large energy drink, and they're talking about making the crypto coin. So in other words, like a coin that would come with the can. And every time you buy, uh, you buy one of these energy drinks that you would actually get a token, a digital currency that would be used sort of like reward points. 
And these would be recorded on the blockchain. And this would be the official energy drink of the blockchain revolution. And in the book, I get out there to, uh, to pitch them. I fly all the way out to Poland to be told that their CEO is in Bangkok. So I fly <laughs> out to Poland. <gasps> oh, no. And I get into the conference room and they go, uh, yeah, the CEO is in Bangkok. So we had a video conferencing with the CEO where I'm oh like, my gosh. I think I could have done this from home. And they never move forward on the deal. But what we did get out of it was this idea that the, the can is the coin. And it was very much the idea that turned into the cover is the coin or our giveaway for the book, the idea that you could bundle digital assets with a physical product. And that's why they didn't move forward with it was it was very difficult to figure out how to do these things. How do you make a cryptocurrency bundled with a physical product? We figured it out for the book and it's going to be the new model of the future. Everybody's going to be doing this. Yeah, love it. You're the pioneer. We are the pioneers. <laughs> and like uh, the pioneers, we are susceptible to all kinds of uh, wild animals and diseases. Tell us a little bit more about Media Shower, what you were focused on before and how that evolved into what you're doing now. So we have been a successful uh, digital marketing agency for about 10 years. And we started off with a real stronghold in the financial and technology space. We've had clients like uh, State Street Global Advisors and Intuit, the makers of Quicken and Mint and so forth. And uh, when blockchain came along, we said, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to, to really become the premier media marketing company in this new digital space. And just like you've done with Melrose PR, you know, we said, this is really a niche that can grow. So we launched in 2018, we rebooted the company as a blockchain media company. And I'm sorry, that was in 2017. In 2017, as you know, it was the blockchain boom. It was the most exciting time I've ever been part of in my career. It was chaotic and just fascinating. And the book captures the whole first half of the book is that rise and just how insane it was. And there was just money just pouring into the system. And then in 2018, it dried up. And the second half of the book is about the fall and about like how difficult and just grueling it was. The media called it crypto winter. And it all rode on the price of Bitcoin or the price of Bitcoin was reflective of what was happening in the market. So it went from $20,000 of Bitcoin in December 2017 to about $5,000 per Bitcoin, I think in May of 2018. And that was the craziest roller coaster I've ever been part of in my professional career. And that is what the book chronicles. So again, going through these huge, huge highs and these just devastating lows, but then coming out of it reborn with a new sense of identity, a new sense of purpose, and reinventing ourselves. That's where the book ends up. And that is the spirit of optimism and hope that you'll be left with at the end. I can't wait for you to read the end of the book because the end is just so... I just listened to the audiobook last night. We're finishing it up. So good. It's amazing. I, I love I it. I cannot wait to read it. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's amazing how our, our journeys have been quite parallel, actually, because you know, totally. we've been sort of in the media space and it's incredible, these highs and lows. I mean, I've never experienced anything like it. And we were there like, you know, like you, we started in blockchain in 2016, just saw an opportunity, saw a niche. And boy, were we ever right in 2017. And, you know, there wasn't that many service providers who had been doing this, you know, 
had any subject matter expertise at all. And there we were and, you know, huge highs. And then, you know, we've had to kind of ride this winter where, you know, there just hasn't been that much investment in blockchain companies and the money kind of dried up in the, in terms of like the demand for marketing, because it tends to be one of the, you know, the biggest or the first budgets to go. And so we've had to kind of sustain that. But I really feel like now more than ever is such a great time for anyone to jump in because those who you mentioned the characters in the space, I'm curious your opinion yeah. on this too. But the character, those who are in it now are way more serious, thoughtful, brilliant, and really, you know, have you know, social impact on the brain as opposed to like making a quick buck. I'm curious your opinion about how kind of the landscape of folks within the community has shifted and why you're so eager to bring more people in. Yeah, I think you've summarized it really well, Kelly. I mean, the highs are so high and the lows are so low. And, you know, what I credit you with doing is sticking in there. And so much of the second part of the book is about just hanging in there when things get as dark as they can possibly get. And it's grueling. And I really try to capture it where, you know, I'm crying at, at points in the book because it's so bad and it's so hard. And I'm working so many hours for so little return. All of us are, my whole team. But now where we are with Bitcoin about $10,000, is really exciting because like you said, it's maturing. So a lot of the folks who were in this to kind of get rich quick, the folks who I call the crypto bros, uh, (laughs) have sort of been weeded out in favor of the blockchain pros. And that's how I think of it is like the crypto bros, you know, who were all kind of there when it was $20,000, they all sort of got weeded out when, you know, there was this great crypto winter. And now we have the real blockchain pros. And those of us who have been here since the beginning and who maintained our resolve and our resilience are being rewarded because we really deeply understand this space now. Like we really understand not just how it works, but also how high it can be, how low it can be, the factors that go into that, what you do when things get bad, the signs that things are going to get bad. Like we know all this now. That said, it's a great time to get involved because (laughs) we've taken the hits for you. (laughs) We kept this flame burning for you. And now is a great time to get involved. But in all seriousness, it is because now we're starting to see the big institutions. We're starting to see the big money, the big investors, and the more serious, more mature, more thoughtful players come in. And that means this whole ecosystem is just going to grow in a way that is sustainable. That's exciting. Love it. Well, thank you so much, John, for coming.